listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 68 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Asan Godwin and Lathan Conger III. Our guest tonight has been a professional writer, artist, and podcaster in the industry for over 15 years. He co-created Descendant through Image Comics, The Mainstream through Zenoscope, and continues his creator-owned flagship superhero book, The Sire, on Kickstarter. His new series, The Time Trader, is coming in February 2021, and he's also written for various companies like Wizard Magazine, Zenoscope, and I'm guessing this is AM New York, not Amni. That is correct. Okay. Uh, and when he's not creating comics, he's hosting the hit Rogue Wave podcast covering all things pop culture for Rogue Matter. Mike Dolce, welcome to Cinemental. Glad to be here. Uh, you are, uh, you and our host, Hassan, uh, have been doing uh a podcast together for how long too long is that, is that <laughs> are we fair to say that no uh, we're doing it it's um, gonna be like that podcast, is it? <laughs> i started it um solo in 2016 uh january 18th 2016 to be exact okay and um Hassan joined uh what did you i mean you were a guest i think by the summertime i, and I think i think i uh, don't know i notoriously bad with the. Uh, with stuff like that. I know it's I been four years. By the end of the year. Yeah, it's been about four years. No, going into 2017. It was like episode, it was like a right around episode 50. So yeah, 52 weeks in a year. And that was called was... Secrets of the Sire back then, right? That is correct. Yeah. Yes, it was. And then we were acquired by Rogue Matter, which, right, which right. sounds which, awesome. Which then That was uh... Roger's whole selling point to me, um, who runs Rogue Matter. He's like, he's like, don't you want to tell people you can be acquired? I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of sounds pretty cool, right? <laughs> Like, We've been acquired. <laughs> like it. Really? What, that, only, what, what did that net you? Well, no, well, <laughs> that only doesn't work when you're talking. That only doesn't work when you're talking individuals, of, of you know? Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. Some, someone was, hey, don't you want to say you were acquired? No, no, I really would rather <laughs> be free. Um, you have uh, been uh, assimilated. This is one. <laughs> yes, that's, <laughs> that's when it doesn't work. So, um, so Mike, I met you when I started working at Wizard, correct? Is that was when I was correct, I start, when yeah. I started doing the security for the shows? And like, now you uh, were Gabe's guy. Like that's Gabe was the one I thought that got you in, right? Uh, no, I actually <clears throat> in two thousand and five when when Palisades folded, uh, I had known Martha and Rob really well because of being okay. friends with obviously obviously all the the higher ups at all the different shows and everything the Palisades did. And so when I when when Palisades folded, mm-hmm. I was looking for another convention based gig because I was still in Chicago working construction full time. And uh, I ended up approaching Martha and uh, got her to essentially hire me on as security for all of Wizard shows 
in 2006. So okay. I was at every wizard show that whole year. And then uh, they eventually finagled a way to offer me a, uh, you know, I was looking for a change at the time. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, and I, I, by the end of 2006, I had, I had met Deirdre and she was in New York and wizard was in New York. So wizard, wizard offered me a full-time job if I was interested in coming to New York. And I said, well, that seems like a strange uh, uh, correlation of time and events to come together all at once. And I said, all okay, right. I guess I'm going to do that. So <laughs> that's uh, how I came to New York and to wizard full-time. Um, all right. Well, you know, let's, uh, let's uh, suffer from consumption. Lathan, you want to start us off? Oh, Sure. Well, I didn't watch 74 movies like Steve did this week, but no. No. I did watch a bunch of movies finally. All right. So I've got something to actually talk about tonight. Beautiful. And so along with our usual <clears throat> going through ER again, my daughter, uh, we watched the famous episode where George Clooney saves the kid from the water drain, which is still pretty amazing in my eyes. It's one of the best episodes they ever did. And made George Clooney a hero and probably elevated him to some of his movie roles, I would say, from there. But we've been enjoying that in Forensic Files and uh, Fuller House, which we're almost done with, so I won't be mentioning it much anymore. But uh, I had some time to watch some other movies. Uh, Great. So I watched uh, three. I watched a movie called Havoc with Anne Hathaway and Bijou Phillips. Have you guys seen it? I have not. I've heard of it. I know those actresses. <laughs> uh yeah uh they uh the movie is about <clears throat> um rich white culture in hollywood uh wanting to be like gangbangers and mm -hmm. trying to infiltrate into into that life uh oh, while still that movie while still living their rich lives in their houses and being normal kids going to high school uh it's unique because it's a very it's very revealing movie for Anne Hathaway she uh, this was early in their, her career and she does not uh, spare any expense with you know clothing the, the hard R script yeah uh, nice. and she's she's awesome in it uh, all the actors everyone uh, Freddie Rodriguez is great as the main gang banger um, there's a lot of little actors in it or lesser not not lesser known, just yeah. ones that don't always have big parts. Just uh, small people, really. I was small gonna say people. shorter people, right? <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> yeah. uh, Laura San Guacamo. Tom Cruise, um, yeah, right. Tom Cruise. Oh wow. Danny, Danny Trejo. <laughs> uh, Michael Bean is her dad in the movie. Uh, oh. It's a re really unique, really unique cast, and it's um, it just misses. It's it's interesting, but it never. It just barely doesn't get there by the end, in my opinion, and. You know, it's worth a watch, but it's it's definitely one that you would consider probably straight to video. I don't think it ever came out in the theater, actually. I think it was straight to uh, DVD or video or whatever at the time. I, I don't mm -hmm. remember the year. I think it was 2003 or four. That was one movie. The second, um, the movie Steve watched last week, and that was Trans-Siberian. Oh, hi, nice. What'd you think? Uh, so real gritty, really great, really like felt authentic all the way through great acting i mean the thing that happens in the middle is a bit of a surprise almost almost a little i thought maybe it was a little too much but um i went with it and the movie still continued to, to you know continue to 
keep its tone and pace. And then the last, the last 15 minutes of that movie are just really, really clunky. It's, it's almost like they didn't know how to end it or didn't have a good ending. It's, it's still a decent thriller. It's worth watching, but it, it just barely missed. It just, how how did you feel about your gruesome scene? Yeah, it wasn't, you were right. It wasn't one of the most horrific torture scenes of all time. It was, it was tough, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. Definitely not top 20 or whatever, whatever the list. Well, Kate Mara really sells it. I mean, she, she does a great job of selling that, that uh, what's been happening to her. So uh, true, true. And uh, yeah, she, and she played all the actors are great in it. Uh, yeah. em, what's her name? Emily Mortimer. Yeah, uh, she, she's she's fantastic. And Woody Harrelson's always good in everything. It's a really strange pairing or cast of the lead four people until Ben Kingsley comes on near the end. But, you know, it's. It's I guess what I was thinking when I was watching it is who would think of this idea? Like what led to the idea of this movie? And I think that's what made it feel so authentic is that it, you know, it, I want, did they shoot it in Russia and China? Uh, where, you know, it felt like they did. It felt right. like everything you were watching was, was Legit. truly, um, you know, was shot where, where it was. So I would say, you know, I'd say it was worth a watch. Has, Hassan, did, have you or Michael seen it? No, I have not. I have not. Have you heard? Have you heard of it at all, or no? Yes, but I haven't. I just haven't been able to get around to seeing it. Yeah. Yet. Okay. That's yeah. It's kind of off the radar. So I saw that, and then the last movie I saw was uh, the Endless. Oh, the yes. Sci-fi movie. Finally. <clears throat> yeah, and I and then I found out later it was a sequel to another movie or semi sequel. So I wish I'd watched the other one first. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't i i, I don't necessarily agree with that but you get go ahead. okay well it's the same characters in both movies so i mean if you want to whatever that's yeah. they're connected at least in that way but yeah. I, i'll eventually watch it the other movie's called resolution but man i i, I wanted i wanted to like this more oh. i really did and okay once once you get to the last 20 minutes again it's just it, it becomes nonsensical doesn't connect well and i I really disliked uh how it ended and i like the filmmakers i like how they're trying to be different and trying to weave a unique sci-fi story and i like you know i like how the movie looked and felt but uh when it was all said and done i i it just again it just barely missed all three of those these movies i watched barely missed this week right on and you haven't seen spring yet right i've not seen spring i I plan on seeing their other movies i just okay yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got a I've got a copy now of uh, Synchronic. I just have not watched it yet. Yeah, it's uh, I'll, I'll I'll check them out. I like what they're how they're trying to be different. I just yeah, it didn't it needed a, needed a little bit better uh, uh, rounding out. But uh, gotcha. That's that's what I watched this week. All right, Hassan. I didn't watch a lot this week because I've been trying to do a lot of writing. So I usually keep the TV off. I did watch a couple of uh, maybe half. I got halfway through Sinner uh, season three. Oh, okay. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Which is so so weird. that, that show is staying consistent with the cop side of things, not with the antagonist yeah, not side, with, right? It's like yes, each season is a different case or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And this one's the season's kind of all over. The, well, it's not all over the place in the sense that it doesn't work. It's just all over the place in the sense that the person who is the focal point is really troubled let's just say <laughs> without without giving too much away 
Oh, um, that's Bill Pullman. Oh, that's who that is. Mm-hmm. I saw him. I'm like, I know that guy. Okay, now I know. Yeah. yeah. And he's in. He's he's acting really weird in this. That um, I I hope he's acting because it sounds like he's had a stroke. <laughs> Now I think <laughs> I think his character went through something in last season, but it's been so long since I've seen it, and so I think he's acting because because a lot of times he's mumbling through his words and stuff. But I think he's doing that on purpose, and he's walking with a limp. Is he doing the Benicio del Toro? No, no, it's not that bad. It's it's <laughs> it's just weird. It's a weird thing, is all I can call it. You know, flippia and it's flippia uh, you know, over. <laughs> um. Oh. Anyway, uh. <laughs> You know, I grew up with Bill Pullman, so it's kind of weird to see him like that. He's he's like leaning into his elderliness, even though he's not. I don't think he's. Well, he's almost seventy, so it's old enough. But, Is he um, really? Wow! So wow, that now I'm, that's terrible I'm, actually for all of us. <laughs> that just makes us feel very old. It makes me feel old. Now I'm projecting it on you guys. I don't. I don't feel old. I'm good. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just right. projecting it. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Um. <laughs> I, I kept I, I watched a couple of episodes of Lupin again, uh, you know, just to get towards the end. I haven't been able to to breeze through the whole thing. Watch a couple more episodes of Sabrina. To try to finish that last season. The, the I don't know. It's 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 leaning too much in its uh, weirdness for me, but I'll get yeah. through it. Uh, watched the the last uh, last episode of The Expanse. I last I watched the most latest episode of uh, Wanda. I last watched the latest episode of uh, Snowpiercer. Monday, which was great. Um, I watched the new iteration of The Equalizer with Queen Latifah. Oh yeah, which was strange. Her rave reviews um, about that. Are you are you are you being facetious? I'm being actually dead serious. Yeah, I thought it was good, but I when I checked Twitter, Twitter was you know I guess I caught the the the, the mean uh, cycle of Twitter because everyone was like this is a joke, this whole movie's a joke, and then there was a lot of SJW. So I stay. I just got off it. I'm like, all right, well, this is not a reflection. You know, of the, the algorithm just feeds you what you want. <laughs> but it was a, uh, it was okay. It was pretty good. I'd, I'd watch a couple more episodes. And tomorrow is Clarice. So look, oh, looking forward really? to seeing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward Curious. to seeing how weird that is. Yeah. And that was about it. I didn't really watch too much. I watched uh, these two movies that uh, mm-hmm. this one movie with uh, William Cat, really strange movie with William Cat, and this other movie with Tom Hanks. Uh, with this one cat yes. and a movie with yeah. another cat. <laughs> yeah, with with uh, Skywalker standing. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy who was almost Luke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and ended up in house. Yeah. <laughs> Outhouse. Yeah. Like- oh, how things could have been different, right? Not really. I mean, both of them have the almost the same amount of exposure, um, you know, career-wise. Neither of them became Harrison Ford. I mean, yeah, but I would argue that William Cat was better looking. He's a good-looking guy. I, it was one of the things I was noticing in House that he's a good-looking guy without being pretty. You know, oh, he's definitely he's, not a pretty boy. He's 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 really likable. Seeming he's seemingly very likable. Uh, got a very affable quality about him. Uh, and I just thought it's one of the things I noticed about uh, what lay you said something you were going to ask me. Uh, I, I forgot one other. We watched one other movie real quick. And that was uh, uh, Mission Impossible 2. Ah, uh, uh, and you're, and you're... I, yeah. Well, me, me and Amaya were, are going through the Mission Impossible movies. And right. real, real quickly, I had really disliked that movie the first time I saw it. Yeah, I remember. And then after watching it this time, uh, I still disliked it. 
Oh, <laughs> so things did not change. I mean, it, it's it's not a good movie. The, the last half hour of that movie is, is really bad. So so we shall we shall go on. Oh, uh, so for Mike's feature film today, we have Charlie Wilson's War. I'm just wondering what you do for a living. I'm a congressman. Thank you. I'm Charlie Wilson. I represent the Texas second. <laughs> the Washington Times wants to know if you've ever been in rehab. Well, what are you going to tell them? That you won't go to rehab because they don't serve whiskey there. Congressman. No, no, no. You get to call me Charlie. Can we uh, get you a drink? It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, fair enough, I guess. I'm standing on the border between Pakistan and Afghanistan. Afghans are now ready to fight a war against the Soviets. If they get weapons, they say they will win. Why is Congress saying one thing and doing nothing? Well, tradition mostly. I want the CIA in my office at 10. What is U.S. strategy in Afghanistan? Well, strictly speaking, we don't have one, but we're working hard on that. Who's we? Me and three other guys. How is it possible that this congressman of no particular importance is doing this by himself? You want to move Israel toward a partnership with Pakistan and Afghanistan. And Saudi Arabia. Well, just a couple of problems I can foresee off the top of my head. From 2007, directed by Mike Nichols with a running time of 102 minutes. A congressman wanting to do the right thing ends up calling in an incredible series of favors and through an incredible cast of characters ends up helping the Afghans expel the Russian army back in the late 80s. Best thing about this story, it's all true. Mike, why Charlie Wilson's War? So it, it's interesting, right? Because you gave me two choices and I, I could have put Anchorman in either one of them. <laughs> and I almost did. But then I was like, you know what? Let me let me. Let me keep let me keep this one a little highbrow. Um, it is one of those movies that I could literally watch like it be on like TNT and I could pick it up at any point and just sit down and watch and just be completely engrossed by the cast is amazing. Aaron Sorkin, um, you know, is amazing. Um, and then, you know, we are, uh, you know, we talk about our time at Wizard in the in the 2000s. Uh, this movie in particular uh, spoke to me because of the post 9-11 you know, impact of it and how he can, you know, this congressman and you read about it and, and, you know, it's funny if you read about like, was this story true? Do they, did they, you know, gloss it up? They do anything. And and the congressman's like, no, they actually kind of dulled it down a little bit. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So, um, you know, his greatest accomplishment set the course for one of our greatest failures. And it's just, it's amazing to behold that he had this singular vision of stopping the communists because that was our enemies and inadvertently created an enemy that ended up coming back and uh you know biting us in the butt uh 20 years ago 20 years ago this year which is also kind of crazy so he created it by by not being able to convince them to finish whatever they started no no, correct i'm not you know again it's not uh i don't want to frame that in any which way but i'm just saying that the end result of of the you know, of this like valiant, you know, effort is, yeah, that it spun us into a completely different era, which we're still feeling today. So, you know, very culturally relevant. I mean, unbelievable cast. Like, I mean, even down to like Emily Blunt is just, she's got like a bit role in this, you know, Amy Adams is amazing. Um, You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is obviously amazing. Got nominated for the Oscar for that. And, um, and rightfully so. And Tom Hanks is just so, like at this point, I'm going to use my sports analogies, which I know Hassan loves. Um, you know, LeBron James, 
he doesn't win MVP every year. He doesn't even come close, even though he's literally the most valuable player on the court because any team he goes to wins. And right. Tom Hanks is like this like movie MVP. Like he just gives a mesmerizing performance. He's not Tom Hanks in this movie. Like he normally isn't to- like he's always somebody different. He's Tom Hanks being somebody different. Even if you recognize him as Tom Hanks, he's always Correct. amazing. He always gives an am- amazing performance. And you just you just take it for granted. You take it for granted just how good he is right. uh, as an actor. We've had Ed Roberts we've, amazing. We've, we've, we've brought up that conversation before about actors who who are working today. Who it doesn't matter what they're in or what role they play, they become that character. And there's there's never a time when you don't believe them <laughs> as yeah. that character, even when it's even when it's seemingly appearing like they're not even acting like they just show right. up for a small role someplace but right. you don't even question the fact that they're that person at, at the very least you you might say like what kind of haircut does tom hanks have in this movie that's it i look at him and go <laughs> all right he's got the 80s dude this time let's roll let's go right so yeah that, that was my choice for for highbrow lowbrow well, well well we'll 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 get we'll get there we'll get there that's that's a that's a separate bit um uh, yeah, I agree completely with you on the, you know, and, and rewatching this, I had forgotten. I, I watched this when it first came out uh, and I it for, it completely enjoyed it, but I never I've never gone back to it. So this was the second time I've seen it. And the one thing that did really hit me with the movie this time uh, was Sorkin script. Um, I become yeah. much more attuned to his writing. Uh, and I feel I feel like this is a movie the the rhythm of the writing and the way it's delivered by this uh the sort of level of actors bang, that are bang. involved in this it's very much along the lines of a film that Hassan and I have watched now uh countless times I'm sure between us which is Spotlight and it's a film it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's okay. the delivery in that film yeah. you just get sucked into it and that's a much slower kind of delivery um it doesn't have this sort of like that like said that bang bang delivery that a lot of this that that's that scene in Tom Hanks's office with the girls coming in when the when the news is breaking and Gus has to keep coming and going out of the office and it's yep. just like that scene is so brilliant just the the timing of everything it's almost like an old like almost like an old slapstick routine where it's like the guy's in the office and he's got to constantly leave because he can't know what's going on and then, and then you find out at the end that he had the office bug the whole goddamn time and yeah, you're just yeah. like you know, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is, bottle. yeah, Phil, <laughs> he's another a, one too, there's right? There's a bug like, in a scotch bottle. Like, isn't it amazing? Yeah. Like, he's another one where yeah. he just, I mean, he just becomes the whatever actor, whatever character he's supposed to be. And, and then he, you, you just, you just lose him in that film. And, you know, he, the whole, the whole film is just full of actors and actresses that do that. They do exactly yeah. that. Filled with great people. Great cast. I mean, this is, a, this was Mike Nichols final theatrical film. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the one thing that uh, Tom Hanks said that he was really happy that uh, he got to work with Mike Nichols on on this, and he's glad that Mike Nichols picked this project up because this was a this was a Hanks produced film as well. Yep. So um, he was really happy about that. This thing moves, man. This this is an hour and forty minutes long, and it, all of a sudden it's over, and you're like, what? Yeah. And it's like I literally felt like it was an hour long. And I'm like, there's when movies used to be like that, right? Like, well, there's a a three hour, you know, there's a lot of films that still have to suffer from the ability to to pace themselves properly. And this movie and this. But the thing is, this movie doesn't even feel like it's running. Yeah. And it's sprinting. But you never get a sense of while you're watching it, how fast it's moving. Yeah. You know, bang, 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 scene, scene, scene. 
you know, but it does, it never feels that way. And that's, that's a sign of a great writing and a great filmmaker, you know, the ability to, to make that time just, you know, literally slow and disappear and you don't even realize it. And, and the thing is too, you're being educated right alongside Tom Hanks's character. Correct. Right. Like he's learning all these different things like that scene where he's like, well, I doubled the budget. And he's like, that's laughable. Yeah. <laughs> well, he went from five to 10. Meaningless. <laughs> it's akin to a joke. And you're like, well, what? <laughs> 10 million in 1980. Like that would be. What are you, an infant? <laughs> right. Yeah. What are you, a child? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, this is a, it's a really well-written written film filled with great actors uh, directed by a, a, an arguable master. You know, it's funny. We just did a Mike Nichols film last week on our last show and uh this the the difference between these two films is is literally night and day and color and black and white and color and black and white but mm. we watched like his second film and then his final film was it his first was it was no. it his first yeah it was his first you're right i'm sorry it was his, his, we watched first his, first, and his, we, last. his first film last week <laughs> and his in his last film this week well planned a uh a funny in in an interview in the, in the movie, when he gets that stinger tube given to him by one of the guys, uh, he actually still, you know, he's passed away now, but there was an interview he did after the movie came out that, uh, that stinger tube is actually displayed in a, in a honored spot in his home that, mm. uh, that used stinger tube. And, um, he said, <laughs> he said in a USA today, uh, article when the, also when the film came out that he had absolutely no issues with the film, and quoted was quoted as saying anything I might have objected to was provable. He's like, so <laughs> there was really no point in him being having a problem with any issues in the film. So, uh, Latham, what'd you think? You know, it's a good movie. It, the points you guys have made, I, I agree with. I mean, the cast is ridiculous. It's every great supporting actor and actress, and every great every great lead actor you could you could ask for. Um, I think it's a little bit on autopilot by Mike Nichols, but that's understandable. It being his last film and, you know, he died shortly after this, I believe. Right. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, he seven um, years, seven years, but he was, yeah, that was it. Like that was it for him. Uh, you know, making movies, he was yeah. older. Um, it, 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 it's almost like if you get a script like this and the, and a cast like this, you really have to be a fucking moron to screw it up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, it's so well, it's crafted. been done. Yeah, it has been done. It has been done. I uh, first one that comes to mind is Bonfire of the Vanities with our same lead actor here. That uh, is is a mess. But this is, um, you know, it's good. I I, I liked it. I I wouldn't say I love it, but I think the ending gets to be a little bit on the tone side over emotional compared with the tone of the earlier part of the film. And I think that kind of tipped it a little bit for me and and I didn't think it was consistent but you know that's just a minor critique of it it's um it, it it's worth watching it's it does move like Steve said I mean it's you know it probably it probably you know as opposed to a lot of the movies we've talked to talked about on this podcast it, it probably could have been a little bit longer and uh, would have would have kept an interest level because the whole main story of of what's happening here is really interesting, and you know the way the way they're telling it is you want you want more of these characters, not less. But I you know I really enjoyed it. I like I like uh, James Newton Howard's score too. Uh, okay. I don't know why it resonates with me, but it's 
some of his scores are unique and this is a unique one that that i think really elevates the film as opposed to if someone else had done the score for it so i would say you know i i don't have much else to say about it i i, I like it and it's uh it's worth watching it's you know like you guys said tom or like uh mike said the uh, tom hanks you know anything he's in immediately merits worth to watch because he's he makes anything better. He rarely, you know, if, if ever has brought a movie down. And, you know, just the fact that I think he is the reason I went and saw this in the first place. I'm like, well, the subject matter doesn't sound that interesting, but Tom Hanks is in it. So I'll check it out. That's and, funny. You uh, mentioned that too, right? Cause I had no idea what it was about. And then I caught it on yeah. HBO like late night one time. And I just, I oh, was really, glued. that's when you first saw it. Oh. I was glued. Yeah. I was like, I was like, wow, this is, you know, but again, you see Tom Hanks, see Julia Roberts. You're like, give well why not like i give it a shot you know and and yeah they're not gonna uh, join up uh, on a, a derelict film in, right. of any sort <laughs> yeah we'll give it a chance so. yeah i watched it late no, night it's good amazing it's funny that a movie that you'd see like late night on a on a cable or on tv would be one that grabs you so much that now it's yeah. every time it pops on that you love it as opposed to something you'd see in a theater like a blockbuster that that's also a unique and a cool thing when you find like a diamond in the rough like that. Yep. That's cool. Hassan. I, yeah, I had the same situation where I, I didn't know what the stupid movie was about. And then uh, I saw it one night and I, I was like, all right, you know, this, this, this is working. There's a lot of situational uh, moments that kind of ring out that each character has this, uh, you know, kind of standout moment to, you know, to exalt their, their, you know, for lack of a better word, for the exalt their character and uh, showcase their, you know, their panache or whatever. And then you start to kind of uh, fall in line with that particular character and then they get the ball rolling. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's like crazy, you know, glass breaking scene in the, in the, in the, in the beginning, which is just like probably it's probably a, a scene in the movie I've watched more than almost anything else, uh, you know, in, in, in recent history. And then, of course, again, Philip Seymour Hoffman in uh, Tom Hanks's office, which we already mentioned with the with the scotch bottle. Which scene? Which scene? Which scene is more for you? When he's talking to Tony Stark's father. Okay, last <laughs> breaker. Like, Go that's, fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. My loyalty. Yeah. For twenty years, people have been trying to kill me. People yeah. who know how. <laughs> now you think that's because <laughs> my dad was a Greek soda pop maker or because I'm an American spy. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, you <laughs> fucking child. <laughs> and then he so, yeah, I've seen it cat. a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a just a scene with him and the, the Mossad agent. I mean, there's a lot. There's just there's so many like uh, because the subject matter is really ponderous and it's overcomplicated. And it's like, in a, you know, it's a whatever you want to call it. It's a political exploit of colonialism and, you know, and the, and the, and the you know, the destruction of the third world and the, you know, in the, in the graveyard of kingdoms and all this other political stuff that you want to talk about and you want to get caught up in. It does explain that stuff. It doesn't really pull too many punches with it. But then also it kind of, you know, it does it with such a, a flair of character that you're kind of in for the ride even if you regardless of how you feel about the whole thing you're like all right you know um the movie kind of wins you over on the characters who are in uh, who are the protagonists so it really doesn't matter 
what the what their intentions are how you feel about you know what what their politics are you're you know the the movie has done such a good job setting them up as the protagonist that you're uh that you easily follow them yeah, whether you agree or you don't agree right yeah you understand the stakes you understand what their goals are and then right. because of you know because of the dynamic of the medium you just want to see them succeed that's what right. you're there for that's what you're seeing so i mean that just i mean that's done i mean that's aaron sorkin so i mean you can't you know, I mean, you can't credit it's, it's the movie like too much. It's like one right? Because I mean, it, you know, yeah. present your hero, present the goal, and here are the obstacles. And along the way, you learn a. You, I don't want to say you learn a lesson, but you learn like a history lesson. You know, you learn things that. About, yeah. That you know, yeah, that, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. And, and, I, and, you know, I, and you for understand. me, I always enjoy going seeing movies like this that that tell me a story, and make me want to go and find out more about that story. Yeah. You know, any movie that can make yeah. that drives me when I'm done to either Amazon to find a book about it or to Wikipedia to read more about that particular subject or that particular character in my eyes is successful. And also the genius of something is to break something very complicated down into a simplistic thing. Right. Yes. But it, and, and manage to do it in a manner that doesn't make it seem like you've just done something like that. You know, you just broken, you just right. oversimplified the situation and keep so the it situation. Yeah. That's well, that's what I'm talking about. And, and Tom Hanks repeats it. He repeats the one goal three times because you need, we need to shoot down the helicopters. That's it. So the, <laughs> right. the average layman will sit there and go, all right, I get it. You know, we need to we need to get them better weapons so that they can shoot down the helicopters. And then they do a montage scene of what the damage that the hind helicopters can do. And you're like, yeah, we need to shoot down these goddamn helicopters. And then, <laughs> and then that's that's basically the story. The story's got you. And then there's you know, little machinations of how Charlie Wilson is, you know, he's a genius in the one thing, but he's kind of a fuck up in all other, you know, arenas. You know, he's. <laughs> And he talks about he's got failed businesses and all this other stuff. And he was really only good at being a congressman. And he's only good at swindling and, and wheeling and dealing. But he's doing it now for, you know, a good. It's like a kind of Tony Stark thing. He's doing it all. He got wind of a of a good cause. And he dedicated himself completely to the good cause. So it's, it. I mean, it's movie making 101. It's done by a genius director with genius actors in it. But none of the stuff in it is easy. You know, right. they, they, they yeah. all make the genius of it is they made it look easy. It's a favorite mm -hmm. movie of mine. I, 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 I didn't even have to watch it again this uh, this week, although I did. But I've seen it. <laughs> I think I saw it just two weeks ago anyway on my own before wow. I even knew we were going to watch this. So I love the film. It, it is up there with um, uh, with Spotlight, some of these other uh, movies. It's not very easy to define why these movies are are kind of fascinating and i will watch them every time they're on i would i would say charlie wilson's war spotlight and, and probably moneyball are those three movies where they Moneyball's don't actually great. have yeah. they don't have there's no there's no explosions no there's no naked people there's no um there's there's no terrorists or yeah. you know except for uh, uh charlie wilson's war and that's there's only one scene of of actual action-packed you know adventure and it's it's rather a gruesome you know depiction of of action so you know, it's a great film. Uh, I can't I can't praise it enough. I'm glad I got to see it again, and I hope I said enough about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay. I think I, I think you said just enough about and, it. 
And Latham is wrong. <laughs> you're yeah, wrong. Latham, you're wrong. This Where time. am I wrong? What is no, you're, you're not, you you're not wrong. Because you don't love it as much as we do. That, that yeah, you, you're supposed That's to worship true. the movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, there's you know that, there's that, joking, collect, there's that collection of movies, and I and I agree with you completely that uh, Moneyball and Spotlight are two that if they're if I'm clipping through and I see them on, yeah, uh, I will stop on either one of those because Moneyball to me is is the most recent uh, edition of that film of that kind of film that it it doesn't matter where or when it is. Yeah. There's just something I'm, I'm going to stop and watch this damn film. There's just something beautiful <laughs> about that movie. And it's you know, and I'm not. Now the know, thing is, it's not snobbery it's, with it's me because I also too. I mean, like, like that's. I also yeah, throw, it's not even uh, like the baseball side of baseball, right? It's, I also uh, throw Roadhouse in that category, unfortunately. So it's yes, not. It's well, not all. I'll throw Anchorman. It's, it's not all genius for me. <laughs> Whatever, Dolce. Anchor Anchorman is <laughs> one of those that I've now seen enough that I know it heart you know, top to bottom. So <laughs> some of the funny is lost on me a little bit now. The edges are gone. So I have to widen oh, the gap. Stop, I have bitches. <laughs> I have to widen the gap between when I view that movie because otherwise like, it get it wears a little bit. So, and I still have never seen Anchorman too. So, yeah, I didn't miss anything. Okay, <laughs> all right, fair enough. So that is Charlie Wilson's. Brett War. killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should lay low. Probably wanted for yeah. <laughs> Brett. Where did you get a trident? <laughs> <laughs> And the anniversary. Well, Latham, hold up a second. I don't think we're quite there yet, pal. Oh, why I, is that? I think that uh, I think that there's uh, another another address we have to go to. What address is that? Down the tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Yeah. All right, so we will start with Charlie Wilson's War. So this is the teaser poster. Not uh, boring. Yeah. All that impressive. Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't say a whole lot about what it might be about or I anything. Mean, it looks like he Philip basically he's cheating on, or like she's cheating on Philip Seymour Hoffman with Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The right, war right. is between Philip Seymour Hoffman and Tom Hanks for Julia <laughs> Roberts. That's yeah. that's what Charlie <laughs> yeah. Wilson's War is about. This looks it's like a, a bad romantic a love triangle. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then and then people go to it and go, wait, what? <laughs> wait, there's a the Russians? Why are the Russians in this? <laughs> yeah, the, what, the, yeah, what, I, don't, I don't understand. Where are these helicopters killing all these people in the desert? This doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> I didn't bring my kid to the Is, is Tom Hanks in one of the helicopters? <laughs> so then next we have the uh the mass release poster. Um, uh yeah, this is much better. Oh. And it also uh, this is this was also used for most of the um, uh, the international it's on the uh, cover of my DVD. Yeah. yeah. And also most of the international um, uh, promotions were just this film with the Charlie Wilson's war swapped out in whatever their local language is like. So French, German, Italian, whatever. It's it's all the same image. So there's not a whole lot of uh, range to this, you know, for this movie. And then. The, the next is the <clears throat> the one fan art image I found was by Sister Hyde, um, which is nice. It's a nice little. Yeah, it's like it's an old, like a if the movie had come out in the 60s or whatever. Yeah, a little bit. Very clean, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh. Very, very clean image. Exactly. Yeah, I think it would have been better off if, you, if, uh, if they'd have used a, uh, a stinger as the swizzle stick. 
would have made more sense, but that's you know hindsight that would have worked actually. Hindsight's twenty twenty. She probably she probably doesn't know ordinance. <laughs> that is entirely possible. Now, just so just a week ago, uh, Mike. Normally here we would do something called the Martini, where we discuss, uh, and we can get your input on this. Yeah, um, we need Mike's uh, input on Mike Nichols' body mm-hmm. of work, and uh, on and what you think are uh, what we, what you think would be his best film. All right, let me look up at his discography here. So, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you get the graduate. I mean, it's probably. Yeah, yeah. Steve doesn't like tread, the tread lightly. for some unknown, unholy reason, but yeah, I despise that movie. Yeah, wow. Despise is you didn't, a little, despise, yeah, you didn't strong. use the word despise I, yeah, last just, week. It, it's one of the, the problem. My problem with The Graduate is, is I, I saw it, I didn't see it anywhere close to when it obviously when it came out, even, but even watching it after the fact, when I years later hearing how kind of its position in film history. And I saw it and I was just like, what? I don't get it. What what is this movie supposed so to be telling Helsing me that effect. everyone else seems then. that everyone seems to get? And I don't I don't get it. But Van Helsing was told to me to be the worst movie I'm ever going to see. So by the time I watched it, I was like, this isn't that bad. <laughs> so you got right. the, you got the yeah. reverse. Yes, that's the same effect. thing that happened with um, the same thing that happened with uh, uh, what's his name, Mark Webb's, uh, whatever his name is. Uh, the World War Z, uh, 500 Days. Uh, Should we continue just rattling off titles? I'm just gonna wait for you guys to be done before I think we are. Um, <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four, it wasn't Mark Webb, it was uh, I Josh forget who, what his name was, but the Fantastic Four with uh, Chickless? yeah, no, you're mm-hmm. talking about the Josh Trank, and it was like Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, the one, yeah. the, the most recent one. Yeah, mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, and then you watch it, and you're like, it's fucking unwatchable. It's not no, half of it is good. After then, then apparently they ran out of money. That's I'm just putting my own backstory to that because they oh, basically were like, oh, no. we got to end this now. <laughs> no, it's it's that not that unwatch- bad. Oh. In- Go on, I'll finish. It's not that bad compared to all the stories about how bad it is when you hear how many how how god awful it is and then you watch it you're like it's not that bad it's not good but it's not right. that bad it is you know it's like well it's your show you're allowed to be incorrect yeah, if you I want <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no I, I i have very strong feelings about that most recent version of fantastic four it is it is it is the, those first two films uh those are actually fun uh especially now going back to them those are actually kind of fun to watch uh especially the second one where they bring silver surfer into it i i actually kind of think that those are fun movies to watch they're not great they're not you know they're not as successful with with whatever with the mcu will eventually pull off but that you know that second selling of of the fantastic four is just it's it's fucking awful man uh, I it never is, said it, it wasn't is, awful it i is. said it's not as bad as people say it is i never i didn't that does not mean it's not awful yeah, <laughs> I'm just I, saying, you know. if people are like, if you watch this, you'll die. And then you watch it and you don't die. You'll the be like, it's not that bad. Look, we we need the Josh Trank cut. of that movie is very watchable. <laughs> and then midway through, you just, you just, I don't know what happened. I don't know where it went. Midway through, it just goes, mm, nah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to try anymore. It ends now. No, no. 
the story <laughs> the story decisions that they made especially involving oh, yeah. dr no Doom it was, it was terrible like, yeah oh god i never said that the movie was good i just said it wasn't as bad I, as people I'm say not, it is i'm not this is not a personal attack on you i'm just saying it's unfucking watchable I feel attacked, though. <laughs> uh, I feel it. Feel threatened. Feel it in my bones. <laughs> Don't right, come so, for me. So, Mike, what do you got for Mike Nichols? I got to go to the graduate. I do. I mean. Okay. Yep. There we uh, go. Oh, he's going that's right in there. That's, that's What's fine. in here? I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> What's right in here? <laughs> Mike, explain the, explain the importance of the toaster scene to Steve, because he doesn't understand that either. <laughs> I uh, I will not. I don't even I, fucking I, I, I will remember honest, a toaster. So um, his discography, um, yeah. No, it's it's, it's yeah, not sharp. I, I watched your, the graduate. Your my God, recollection. I watched the graduate in like high school. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the importance. Yeah, I, I watched it far more recently yeah. than that, and I still couldn't tell you. Um, I just uh, want to know if, if 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 is it safe? Yeah, is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? A great movie. Natalie Portman says Mike Nichols was her only male mentor who wasn't creepy. Okay. No other male mentor was good to you. Only Mike Nichols. All right. She didn't say they weren't good to her. They said they was he wasn't creepy. She's nah. She's oh my god. You know, there's a there's a porn star named Natalie Porkman. <laughs> awesome. That'll piss her off too. Maybe she can tweet. You know, there's a porn star name. Uh, of course you do. The, uh, Tara Patrick. Sure. Right. From yes. way back. Do you know that's uh, Tara Patrick is Carmen Electra's real name? Well, that's kind of that's kind of funny. That's kind of fucked up. She still is like, oh, I'm going to take your name into a porn star. That ruins the whole hiding when you go to, to, to you know, to go in, you know, because that was the old joke when I, you know, when I'm, when I work the porn shows, it's, that's the joke. It's like when celebrities go and sign in at hotels, they have to use fake names. When porn yeah. stars, when porn stars check into hotels, they use their real names. <laughs> they use their real name. Yeah. So. so it's like, wait a minute, Tara Patrick is in the place. Oh, it's just Carmen Electra. That sucks. It was so funny. The the first year that uh, Gabe and I worked for the uh, the Exotica shows here in New Jersey, um, we were on, the detail we were on was going to the airport, picking up the girls, and bringing them back to the hotel in, um, in Elizabeth. And so we had been given a schedule of flights and girls, uh, you know, and I had spent, and I had, well, I had spent the majority of the time kind of trying to look them up because I, you know, cause I was at the, I was at the airport trying to meet them as they came off the planes and got their luggage. And then Gabe would be waiting in the van and I would bring them out, throw them on the thing. He dropped me off at the next terminal where the flight next flight was going to come in. And then he would take the girls back and I would meet the next group. And then, you know, we just kind of cycle through in trips, so I was at the airport all day. He was in the van all day running back and forth. But the list that they originally gave us was hysterical because the list was all the girls' real names. You know, that's how they booked their flights with, under their real names, right? Well, I mean, Gabe and I are so kind of outside of the world of the adult industry that we didn't know who any of these girls were <laughs> by their porn names, let alone their real names. And we were just like... <laughs> I don't even know who are you talking about? So like we had to like, he had to sit there and literally give us like the actress name. And I'm like Googling them 
to try and see, get an idea of what they look like just so I can look for them when they come off the plane. As it turned out, uh, it was kind of funny because, you know, it, it was it, it ended up being very easy to spot them when they came off the plane because most of them uh, were, were just wearing the uh, I'm an undercover porn star outfit, <laughs> which was the, the, flea, the fleece track suit, uh, bejeweled baseball hat, and giant sunglasses, <laughs> and large, large pieces of pink luggage. So uh, it, cool. actually, it actually ended up being fairly easy to uh, find them. That's called the not in porn ensemble. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm right. Not in porn. I'm not in porn. <laughs> uh, but that was uh, that was kind of kind of super yeah. funny at the time. But uh, but there you go. So uh, Mike, thanks so much My for pleasure. being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Uh, figure figure it was about time I pay back the favor for uh, for all the times you've had. Well, we're me gonna on have you on again in so. March. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. So you make it to the what? ER. What? Nobody tells me anything. That's yeah. right. That's now he's right, got the cause... McBride and Groom book coming out. So when that, I think it's the thirty, yeah. the thirty-first yes, is when it's going to come out. So we'll have you on around that time. Actually, we'll probably have you on. The Sounds 31st. good. Uh, okay. If I'm still around. I'll be more than happy. As long as you're here. Oh, you're there, it there it is. There it is. Waiting for it. I was sitting there. Uh, any right. minute now. Any uh, minute. Now. Once again, Mike, that train's never much. late. Thanks very much. Appreciate <laughs> your time. Good meeting you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, appreciate you staying up late. Two days in a row. Look at that. Uh, Good to meet you, Michael. Thanks to Fesleyan Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all of the poster images we discuss in our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conquer the Third, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and well-connected congressman, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. There you go.